Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Welcome to this week's edition of the Radioactive Show This year marks the 70th anniversary of the bombing of Hiroshima It is also the time again for the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty Review at the UN. This will be the third time that Footprints for Peace will hold an event to bring awareness to what the NPT is. The Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons, commonly known as the Non-Proliferation Treaty, or NPT, is an international treaty whose objective is to prevent the spread of nuclear weapons and weapons technology, and to promote cooperation in the peaceful uses of nuclear energy, and also to further the goal of achieving nuclear disarmament and general and complete disarmament. In the past, the group of Footprints for Peace have walked from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, starting at the Y-12 facility where the Hiroshima bomb was made, and finished at the UN in time for the NPT. This year, and actually currently while I'm speaking, uh, they're trying something different, something that's never been tried before, which is a walk, run or cycle, covering the distance in half the time as they have in the past and opening up the event for more people to participate. So the event started on March 31st, that's the walk, cycle and run, from Oak Ridge, Tennessee at the Y-12 facility, where the Hiroshima bomb was manufactured, and the walk, run and cycle will finish at the UN, just in time for the Non-Proliferation Treaty Review. So they started walking on March 31st, uh, walking through Tennessee, Virginia, D.C., Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and finishing up in NY at the UN on April 25th. Some of the people who have been regular guests or presenters of the Radioactive Show are currently on the walk, cycle and run, including Jem Rommeld, Emma Kefford, two presenters of the Radioactive Show, and one of our regular guests, Marcus Atkinson. To start off the show, just a very brief word from Dr. Farhang Yahanpur, who is a prominent military, political and scientific expert in international peace building. He speaks on new prospects for global nuclear disarmament. One of the greatest, no, not one of the greatest, the greatest danger that the world faces is the threat of use of nuclear weapons. Fortunately, since the end of the Second World War and Hiroshima and Nagasaki, they have not been used. Although a couple of times, especially during the Cuban Missile Crisis, there was the threat of using them. And of course, had they been used, we would not be sitting here today. Now, unfortunately, I think mankind has become rather too blasé about these weapons. And we have lived, we have got used to live with them. The time has come to really go back to the NPT, the Non-Proliferation Treaty, which makes it binding on all the nuclear powers that as a matter of goodwill, seriously, they should try to get rid of nuclear weapons. And that was Dr. Farhang Yangampur on new prospects for global nuclear disarmament. And now we're going to hear an interview that I did uh, about a month ago with Jim Torren, one of the organisers of Footprints for Peace, uh, about the walk, cycle and run that's happening right now from Oak Ridge, Tennessee to New York for the Non-Proliferation Treaty Review. I'm really intrigued by the history of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. 
I've read that uh, in 1949, the Clinton engineering work started there, um, where they basically were, they set up a testing ground and also some laboratories to begin building the first atomic bomb. Could you tell us a bit more about Oak Ridge? It was actually the site where they built the uh, bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima. So that, that bomb came from Oak Ridge, Tennessee. The official name of the plant is the Y-12 Nuclear Research Facility. And it's the, like, you know, they call it the birthplace of the atomic weapon or something like that, or the, the atomic industry. I've, I met one person who just passed away this last year that was actually a conscientious objector during World War II that ended up in prison because he was sent to Oak Ridge as a contractor to build housing for the scientists that were going to live there. And when, once he found out what they were building there, he went back to being a, a conscientious objector and was put in Leavenworth Penitentiary. The history of Oak Ridge is the reason it was built there was because there's clear mountain ranges all around so that access to where the actual facility is at is really hard to get to. Like none of the buildings inside of the city are allowed to be taller than three stories. That way no one can ever see what's going on inside of the facility. I heard that people were living there before uh, Clinton Engineering Works was set up and they were evacuated. Is that right? Yeah, sure. There were just regular people living in the region. There wasn't a town per se. But there was, you know, mountain people living in the, in the area that had, they were forced out of their family homes so that they could build a facility. And so um, this is where the first atomic bomb was made. Um, and, it, and that bomb was the one that was dropped on Hiroshima. What happened after Hiroshima? Did they continue doing works at Oak Ridge? Yeah, they continued to, um, and, and they continue now, even even today, to build nuclear uh, weapons there. They they just passed uh, one of the nuclear power plants in uh, Chattanooga is going to start producing the tritium that they need to build the new weapons at the Oak Ridge facility. And so there's a lot of activities going on in Oak Ridge right now and really through that whole part of eastern Tennessee because it takes more than just that facility to build a nuclear weapon. You know, they have to have Uh, the processing of the uranium, they have to have the tritium, you know, everything that goes into building a nuclear weapon. And that doesn't all happen at Oak Ridge. It happens at different spots throughout eastern Tennessee and some in southern Ohio. Jim, could you tell us a little bit about how the walk, cycle and run will work? Well, the walk will start in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and will end at the UN. We'll walk through Tennessee, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and New York. The two times we've done it in the past, it's taken three months. We're going to do something a little different this time. We're going to, the walkers will walk 13 miles every day, and then a group of runners will start where the walkers stop and complete the miles by foot from where the walkers stop to our overnight and then the cyclist will cycle the entire distance. It's the first time we've ever tried anything like this. And one of the groups that will be walking with you is OREPA, the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance. I read that in August 2012, they temporarily shut down the facility. 
Yeah, they did. Arepa didn't have as much to do with that as the plowshare movement had to do with that. Actually, it was a Catholic nun and uh, two Catholic workers that broke on. They cut down a fence and walked into the the facility. Mm-hmm. I've always just called it the facility because it's as you know it's as big as a city. To their amazement, they actually had to wait. Like it was something ridiculous, like over eight hours before they were discovered. The biggest reason that it caused such a stir was because it was a huge security. You know, this eighty-three-year-old nun and two and one guy's like at the time I think he was fifty-five, and there was another guy that was sixty-three years old actually wandered onto the facility and wrote in their own blood a bunch of sayings on the walls, and they hung some banners and. And then they, they literally just stood around and waited for someone to come arrest them. I think the thing that we struggle with here the most is that no one has a place for the thousands upon thousands of workers that work at that factory to go to if the plant did close down. And that's that's where we receive our most resistance is from the workers. Let's say, you know, we need these jobs to put food on our family's tables. So you're talking about the the people who work in the labs at Oak Ridge, they're the ones who resist the most? Yeah, those are the ones that you see time and time again. You know, like if we have a vigil there, they're the ones that are the most vocal because, you know, unfortunately we've created this uh, mindset that this is the only way I can feed my family. Now what Aretha has done is they've said, if you took every worker that's in that plant and change their job from making nuclear warheads to dismantling nuclear warheads and didn't hire another person. We have so many weapons in there that it would take them up until retirement age to dismantle every warhead that's in there. Wow. It's at least 35 years. And coming back to the walk now, what is the one thing that brings everybody together? It's the belief that it's not only just nuclear weapons, it's also nuclear power, it's uranium mining, it's everything that goes into the nuclear industry that needs to stop. If Three Mile Island didn't prove it to people and Chernobyl didn't prove it to people, Fukushima should have proved it to people that it's not. And, you know, the one thing that, you know, I'm glad you know, representatives from Australia are coming over because the one thing that people don't think about is the waste that's produced with the mining. When I, when I tell people that it takes 200 tons of yellow cake to make a usable 50 gallon drum of uranium ore, they're just amazed. Well, where's the rest of it go? I know some of it goes into Olympic dam. And right. why, why walk, run or cycle? You know, everybody does it for different reasons, like for my personal reasons is what better way to bring communities together. And by walking and running there or even cycling there, it gets, it gets people interested. And why would these people do this? If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. This week we're taking a look at Moving Towards a Nuclear-Free Future, a peaceful walk, cycle or run from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, 
which is about 1,290 kilometres southwest of New York, uh, where the Hiroshima bomb was manufactured. Um, And people will be walking, cycling or running from Oak Ridge to the UN building in New York City for the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty Review. This nuclear non-proliferation treaty review only comes around once every five years. And so to mark this occasion, while this show is going to air right now, uh, many people are walking from Oak Ridge to New York for the non-proliferation treaty review. People are walking, cycling or running. Speaking with us now is Jim Torren, one of the organisers of the Footprints for Peace walk. Three Mile Island was... The worst nuclear disaster that the United States has had so far to date, it happened in 1978, and we had a meltdown at um, a nuclear power facility called Three Mile Island. And it's been recently, they actually sent cameras down into the reactor to see actually how close we came from a total meltdown. They thought in the 70s that it was, you know, feet and feet and feet of room, I guess you'd call it, before we actually had a total meltdown. And just recently, they sent a camera down and it ended up, it was only inches. As far as like the history of nuclear power plants, it was relatively early for the United States. So we didn't really understand core meltdown. It hadn't happened yet. Mm. So, uh, but they had to evacuate two relatively large uh, cities. And they claim that it's safe now but if you talk to a lot of people in Harrisburg Pennsylvania there's nowhere near safe and so you're going to go there and you're planting a, a vigil what's what's happening there when you're on the walk we'll go into Harrisburg and we'll meet with the community which we've done several times um, we're kind of familiar with them now but for new people who have never been on one of our walks they'll get the full history lesson of what happened there and how the community is still kind of struggling with it. And some people still have uh, really post-traumatic stress from the evacuation. And we talk to them. And then on our rest day, we'll actually go out and hold. I mean, the, the best way I can describe it is a vigil. But at that point, we'll have a puppet circus with us that'll be performing. And it's just a place for people to express in their own way, support for the community. And so then you walk to the UN building in New York, and you've done this before. What happens there? Once every five years, the UN does a review of the uh, Nuclear Nonproliferation Treaty, which has been signed by many of the nuclear states, but no one has actually ratified it. And so no one's really following it. It's kind of like to do, but none of us are willing to take the first step to do anything really seriously about it. To the people that work, you know, especially to NGOs that uh, work for anti-nuclear causes, we usually come away a little, how how do I put this, disenchanted by what's happening. You know, Mm -hmm. we always have this hope that someone will finally stand up and say, okay, let's actually do this. But it just seems to be a lot of fluff. And so that what they do is they do a review every five years of, you know, well, okay, the United States said they'll do it if North Korea does this or if Iran does this. And, of course, it's way above 
the expectations of what any other country is going to do until the United States makes a first move. And so, and so it's just, it's a, it's a lot of people going back and forth and negotiating and doing this and doing that. And then they say, okay, let's come back in another five years and review it again. I hate to sound so kind of negative about it, but I, I really believe that it's going to take people all around the world that want to change the mindset of war and start looking at each other as human beings instead of targets before anything's ever going to change. And it's going to take it's going to take the people to do that, not the governments. If you've just tuned in to 3CR, you're listening to a national broadcast of the Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. You just heard from Jim Torrin, one of the organisers of the Footprints for Peace walk, cycle and run that's happening right now from Oak Ridge, Tennessee to New York for the Non-Proliferation Treaty Review. Just before the current walk from Oak Ridge, Tennessee to New York, I spoke to Ralph Hutchinson, one of the coordinators of the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance. He spoke to me about the history of activism at Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where the Hiroshima bomb was manufactured. Joining us now is Ralph Hutchison. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So could you tell us a bit about the history of OREPA or Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance? Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance is 26 years old, so we've been doing this for a while. And our main focus is on the nuclear weapons facility, uh, which is called the Y-12 Nuclear Weapons Complex in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And why did it start? Well, it was the first uh, of the Manhattan Project uh, facilities to be built. So it was built in uh, 1941 and 42 and began its operations in 1943. And it produced the highly enriched uranium that was the fuel for the little boy bomb. So it's fair to say that the atomic age was, was conceived here in Oak Ridge. The Peace Alliance was formed in 1988, and there had been previous versions of peace groups that did not did not actually talk about nuclear weapons production, even though the town they were in built these thermonuclear weapons. And so it was kind of a breakthrough in our organization. It was started by a Quaker and a veterinary school student and a nurse to have a protest and have some civil disobedience at the bomb plant for the first time in history in 1988. And we've been at it since then. And were you around then? I was around. I, I was... Uh, I was appointed the media person for the organization because I had a really nice typewriter. That was my qualification back then. <laughs> it's just sort of been pretty much happening ever since. Yeah, a lot of civil disobedience, a lot of nonviolent civil disobedience. Right. One of the decisions made early on in the group, of course, it was started by a Quaker, but we've always conducted our events and actions, we say nonviolent in tone as well as action. So we try to Try to follow Gandhian principles and treat people with respect. Mm, yeah. Um, and so the Department of Energy announced plans to build a new, um, or back then, $3 billion bomb plant at Y-12 um, that would produce nuclear weapons for another century. And there was a draft environmental impact statement. This is back in um, 2009, 2010. Um, what's kind of happened with the new bomb plant plans? Well, let me give you just a tiny bit of background, and then I'll answer that. Um, that's great. okay. Yeah, of course. And that is that after the Second World War ended, the United States didn't use Y-12 to enrich uranium anymore. We had a different, a giant facility in Oak Ridge to do that. And so Y-12 changed its mission. 
and it started manufacturing the secondary for the thermonuclear weapons. And the secondary is the part of, the, of an H-bomb that makes it a thermonuclear bomb. It's the big explosive package. Mm-hmm. And um, Y-12 has manufactured every thermonuclear secondary for every warhead in the U.S. stockpile ever. We're the only place that does that. So that, that's the nasty work they've been doing, and they've been doing it in the same buildings that were built in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And they weren't built, uh, you know, they weren't intended to last for a long time. They were built for the big race to get a bomb before we thought Germany was building one and, and before Russia invaded uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. So, so they're using those old buildings, and they've, in, in 2005, they announced they were going to replace the main bomb production building with a new bomb plant, which they are calling the Uranium Processing Facility, mm. kind of an innocuous name for what is actually, I always say, the Uranium Processing Facility bomb plant, because that's all it's going to do is build those bombs. Um, and they originally estimated the Uranium Processing Facility would cost between $600 million and $1.5 billion, uh, but over the time it took them to do the environmental impact statement, because we worked to drag it out, we, we thought the longer we delayed the project, the higher the cost would get, and eventually it would collapse of its own weight. And we didn't realize we would be successful, but by the end of 2012, uh, one of the Army cost estimators uh, team came in and said, it's going to cost $19.8 billion to build this bomb plant. Whoa. Um, and suddenly that version of the bomb plant, which they called the quote, big box UPF is gone. So now they have a, n- a new plan. They haven't formally announced, but they've shown us sketches. And it's very different from the old plan. And it includes using some 40 year old buildings, 50 year old buildings for another 30 years. And we already know from the research we've done with the safety board that those buildings don't meet modern standards for safety, especially earthquake safety. So so their their new plan is also very vulnerable, and it's already going to cost uh, – they've spent a billion and a half dollars on the design, and they don't have a design yet finished. So they say we're going to build this new one for six point five billion, but it's not going to do everything the old one did. We'll, we'll do more buildings farther down the road. And, and I, you know, our strategy still holds firm as we drag this out and we're going to continue to, they have to do a new environmental impact statement, although they haven't agreed to that yet. We're going to force that. And, <laughs> and I think, again, bomb plant's going to collapse of its own budget weight. So it was successful the first time uh, and they, they scrapped the, what was initially going to be a $3 billion bomb plant at Y12 to then a $19.8 billion bomb plant program. So they scrapped that and that was under, under the pressure of OREPA. I mean, some of the federal agencies that are responsible for doing oversight here, other ones, uh, have done a good job. Like the, the uh, Government Accountability Office has challenged the fact that they are designing this bomb plant to include new technologies that haven't been proven yet. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, so they're saying, how can, you, how can you design a plant and put in enough safety features when you don't even know what the equipment is going to be like, especially when you're handling really nasty stuff like molten, highly enriched uranium and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so they face a lot of hurdles. Uh, so I'm optimistic that we'll defeat it. And, and it's really crucial in this year uh, that we do this because... This bomb plant in Oak Ridge is one of the key places where the United States is indicating its sincerity with the Non-Proliferation Treaty. You know, we're going to go to New York City mm. for the Non-Proliferation Treaty review, 
1970, the United States and the other nuclear weapon states promised to uh, negotiate in good faith to achieve complete nuclear disarmament at an early date. Those are words in the Nonproliferation Treaty. Mm. And here we are, 45 years later, the United States planning to invest billions of dollars in a new bomb plant, which its only purpose is to maintain and build new nuclear weapons for the next 100 years. Mm. So the rest of the world is looking at us very skeptically. Of course, our government tries to keep this quiet, and we think part of our job as a as a watchdog group and a, a group that believes our government should keep its promises and try to make the world a better place is to make sure people know what they're doing here. So mm-hmm. we'll be going to New York City, helping sponsor the walk. Uh, some of our friends from down under are coming up to go on that walk, which we're excited about. They will walk from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, from this bomb plant site, 730 miles. There, it, some people will bike and some will run, but it, they will cover every step of the way uh, in the period of a month to get to New York City in time for the Nonproliferation Treaty to open at the end of April. We're reaching the point where if the Nonproliferation Treaty is not going to be effective, maybe it, it should collapse uh, so that it makes way for you know a, a weapons convention, a nuclear weapons convention or a ban or some other instrument. Right now, the Nonproliferation Treaty, it's like the the United States and, and the weapon states are just using it to insulate themselves from the non-nuclear weapon states, but clearly they're running out of patience. You know, Brazil and Argentina and some of the non-aligned countries are really, they've held off on protecting themselves with nuclear weapons programs because they were waiting for us to keep our word and and they're running out of patience. Mm. Um so I think it, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this uh, treaty. We've done this walk twice now, uh, Footprints for Peace has, and it's really thrilling to walk down Broadway in New York City um, and have people join you as you go along. Uh, you know, some people who plan to join up with the walk come, but then uh, other people are just riding their bike out and suddenly they're riding with you. And well, what's this about? Oh, can I come? And so it's a, pre- it's a pretty exciting time when you get there. Mm, and amazing. all along the way, they're educating people, as they do in the walks that they do in Australia. All along the way, we're talking with people every night, meetings and programs and dinner and explaining what's going on so you spread the word and organize in the best way. Amazing. Sounds really great. Thank you so much, Ralph, for joining us on the Radioactive Show. Certainly glad to be with you. Thanks. No worries. To end the show, that was Ralph Hutchison, coordinator of the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance, talking a little bit about the history of the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance, Arepa, uh, and also about the walk which is happening right now from Oak Ridge, Tennessee, the birthplace of the manufacturer of the Hiroshima bomb, uh, and walking and cycling and running a bunch of people from Oak Ridge to New York City, where they will attend the UN Non-Proliferation Treaty Review. Thank you so much for joining us on the Radioactive Show this week. My name is Anya and you can go to 3cr.org.au and search for Radioactive Show to find out more. Thank you to Jim Tone, one of the organisers of the Footprints for Peace Walk, Cycle and Run from Oak Ridge to New York, uh, who was one of the guests on our show, as well as Ralph Hutchison, who is the coordinator of Arepa Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance. Have you heard about 3CR's national programs? 
Kamanacha on community radio stations around Australia, produced in the studios of 3CR Melbourne. Services will be cut, jobs may well be lost and workers' entitlements will be undermined. Their basic human rights are as important as everyone else. Over 200 million years, individual species have evolved. I mean, birds were once dinosaurs. Anything nasty online seems to be targeted against women. Muckety is a bad deal, but Muckety is absolutely not a done deal. You're listening to Women on the Line. Welcome again to Lost in Science. And welcome to another edition of the Radioactive Show. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women. Anarchist Wall this week. Listen to Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. You are listening to Let the Bands Play. Tune in to Stick Together, Worker Stories and Union News. Grassroots Voice is broadcast weekly on the Community Radio Network. Genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing white fellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune into Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe.